Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. I'm Chris Loder and I am joined by Katie Midwinter and Liz Batchelor as we preview the Epsom card for the Derby and the Oaks. Two good days of racing coming up. I'm going to be there myself with Katie on Derby Day so really looking forward to it and yeah hopefully we can find you some winners on the podcast but let's see how the panel are uh liz i'll come to you here first uh, are you looking forward to the weekend's action i am unfortunately i'm not going clearly didn't get an invite from either of you two but <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> um, but yes i am looking forward to uh this week's this week's action it is the big one got obviously the oaks on friday derby on saturday um see how it all pans out it's about knowing the right people, Liz, networking, and unfortunately, I've got those contacts, so uh, yeah, I won't be passing them on to you anytime soon. Um, and how about you, Katie? Are you looking forward to the derby? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's one of my favourite meetings of the year. Good memories from last year. Uh, I got the double, the Oaks and the derby, Tuesday Desert Crown. Two of my favourites from last season winning. Um, not expecting that again, although it would be nice, fingers crossed. But no, I'm really looking forward to it. I've never been to Epsom. Um, so I think, yeah, it'll be really exciting and hopefully we get good action. Yeah, hopefully uh, we do. And yeah, no pressure on you then to find the Oaks and uh, Derby double. So let's get into it then. The first race we're going to look at is on the Friday. Um, it's one of the feature races on the supporting card. It's a free 10. It's the Dalbury Coronation Cup, a Group 1 contest. Only five runners, but it looks like a very interesting race. We've got Westover as a favourite at 9-4, to four, the Irish Derby winner. we then got Emily Upjohn, who was a close second in the Oaks last year. Yeah, she's 11 to 4. We've then got Hurricane Lane, former St. Ledger winner at 4 to 1. Point Lonsdale at 11 to 2. And Tons, an intriguing uh, German raider, actually a half brother, I think, to Torcado Tasso, the arc winner. So uh, he's no mug at all as you're outside of the field. Liz, I'll come to you here first. Five runners. I think a case can be made for all of them, but uh, who did you like in the coronation? Yeah, so I am with the favourite in Westover. Last year's unlucky English Derby third, a rampant Irish Derby winner, and a six in the arc at Longchamp. Came out for the first time over in Maidan, coming three and a half lengths second to Japan's horse of the year, Equinox, who won that on the bridle, and now favourite for the arc in October, if he goes. Um, he's an absolute beast of a horse, but don't think for one second Westover would have won that if he'd settled better, but he kept on over one mile four, which is what this is. He's won on goods several times. Rafe Beckett is on a 23% strike rate. Rob Hornby gets another crack. From an outsider perspective, I don't think we can really rule out, like you were saying, German Raider Tuns, who is Takeda Tasso's half-brother. The trainer also won this race before in 2002, and sometimes we have a very British ability to write them off, uh, so one maybe to take a look at at a bigger price but Westover is the one to beat if you ask me yeah the German Rangers don't have a bad record when they come over I think they had a winner if I remember last right at uh, last year at uh, Glorious Goodwood if I remember correctly uh, I think it was with this trainer Peter Shergood and so yeah definitely needs respect in Katie um, Liz has gone for Westover are we in agreement or are we going to go against uh, last year's uh, third place in the derby well, I think it's a really open race, high-quality race. I think you can make a case for any of them. But I'm sticking with a horse I have a real soft spot for, and that's Emily Upjohn. 
I think she's a supremely talented filly. She's done little wrong so far, narrowly beaten by Tuesday in the Oaks last year, when she didn't get off to the best of starts coming out of the stalls. Thinking for a line through her run in the King George, she just didn't settle at all. But she bounced back to form on British Champions Day, showing just how good she can be. And she receives weight from the boys here. So I think she's ready for this kind of challenge. I'll be sticking with her. Okay, one vote for Westover, one vote for Amley Up. John, I'm going to be siding with Neva. I actually quite like Point Lonsdale here for Ryan Moore and Aiden O'Brien. I think he's been a little bit overlooked in the market. I think he's been crying for this step up and trip. He's actually a, a full brother to Broom, who's um, really taken off as a stayer uh, in uh, the last uh, couple of months. Was a bit frustrating horse with connections for some time, but he has definitely been uh, improving with age. And I think Point Lonsdale could be the same. He was a really promising juvenile. We only saw him once at three when he was tailed off in the 2000 guineas he's come back and he's looked quite impressive he did race maybe a little bit lazily last time over a mile and two but i thought he was always on top and he was hitting the line quite hard i think from a tactical point of view i think ryan could get an easy lead here and if he did it could just turn into a, a tactical affair and i'm not sure that would suit the likes of west over emily up john Hurricane Lane and possibly Tunter. I just think he's been a bit um, disrespected here. And they know Brian's team are in unbelievable form at the moment, operating at a 39% strike rate. So, yeah, for me, I'm going to go with Point Lonsdale. So we're all going um, with different horses in a five-runner race. That must uh, be a tip in itself, suggesting how competitive it is. Anyway, that's enough on the Coronation Cup. We move on to the feature race on the opening day of the two-day Oaks and Derby Festival. Um, it is the 4.30. It's the Betfred Oaks, a Group 1 contest. And Save the Last Dance is your warm favourite here at 6-5. to five. We then got Soul Sister next in at five to two, Running Line six to one, uh, Eternal Hope at fourteens, Heartache tonight twenty fives, Be Happy forties, along with Red Riding Hood and Bigger are the rest. Um, Katie saved the last dance. Um, visually, she was very impressive at Chester, but I personally think she's a little bit too short. And there's a few in here that uh, are worthy candidates to take her on. Did you agree? I think she's the worthy favourite, and. You know, if she is as good as we expect her to be, then she's going to be difficult to beat. But I am going to take her on, and I really like the look of Running Lion. Now, firstly, she'd be a very poignant winner being Roaring Lion's only progeny to run in the Oaks. Uh, she's shown a lot of class today, unbeaten since finishing fourth on debut, and she's already a listed winner. She'll need to show a bit more progression, but she's shaped as though a step-up in triple soup, and I think she's got a very good chance. I'd love to see her win. I'll also give mentions to Heartache tonight, half-sister to one of my favourite fillies, wonderful tonight. She's a little bit more exposed than most, but she's been gaining some good experience in France and hasn't been beaten too far in two group races. I also think Red Riding Hood could maybe outrun her odds. She wears blinkers again. I think uh, she's a big price. If form isn't too bad, but Running Lion will be my main selection. Okay, Running Lion. It is for Katie. How about you, Liz? Did you like the favourite or did you want to take her on? 
I do like the favourite, but I did I did find this quite quite difficult. Um, but she, yes, Save the Last Dance current favourite for good reason, um, as Katie said. But her listed win in the Cheshire Oaks in May by twenty two lengths is not something you witness um, every day, and they think she could be even better on better ground. Her two wins coming from heavy and soft. Um, over the past eight years, only two trainers have won this: Aidan O'Brien six times, including the last three, and John Gosden twice last winning in 2019 with Anna Perna. And the Gosdens have great chances with Soul Sister, the Musadora Stakes winner, 18 to 1 a couple of weeks ago, who should appreciate the step up in trip. And Run in Line, who comfortably won the listed Pretty Polly Stakes two weeks ago, albeit was on soft. It's great to see small trainer David Manuzier with a lively outside chance in Heart 8 tonight, who's been running in some tough races over in France um, and it wouldn't be a big surprise for one of Aidan O'Brien's outsiders to win. I've pretty much just <laughs> said exactly the same as Katie um, but Save the Last Dance looks the real deal um, and I would be with her. Yeah I can see why people are going with her but for me she's a horse that I want to take on. I think she's far too short um, and I'm not sure about the ground. I know it suggests it maybe in the pedigree but as you said Liz all her form has come with a little bit of ease in it for me i'm all over soul sister i was really keen on her um to go well in the musadora i put her up and i think she was about 25s to one she returned a final sp of 18 to one on the day so there was a little bit of support for her but she couldn't have been more impressive i thought in the musadora at york she was really impressive um pulling away from all her rivals very very easily i think she'll appreciate the drying ground um it was a strange decision earlier on in the season when they decided to run out in the fred darling her pedigree's middle distance through and through by frankel she's from a family of horses i've got a mile and a half mile and six so for me that shouldn't be an issue there's only one pound on ratings between save last dance and soul sister i'm not sure what save the last dance actually beat at chester despite winning by a big margin i think she's too short personally and i'm hoping that the gosdens can get some uh, some revenge on o'brien in this race um this year so for me i'm gonna go for soul sister i certainly will be singing that song uh, if she gets the job done. Anyway, we move on to Saturday's action now at Epsom, where we go to the 12.50, where we go to the Betfred Diamond Stakes. Group 3 contest. We've only got six runners, but again, I thought it might be a little bit of a tricky puzzle. Highland Avenue is your favourite for Charlie Appleby at 5-4. to four. We've gone, got Colsai, the only three-year-old in the race at 3-1. to one. Regal Reality at 5. Escobar at 8. Imperial Fire at 16. And Marie's Diamond at 20. To one, Liz, um, Highland Avenue hasn't won uh, in quite a long time. I thought he was maybe a little bit short here at five to four. What did you think? Uh, well, as much as Charlie Appleby isn't on point at the moment, he's had a lot of um, favourites been turned over the last couple of weeks, but I think it's hard not to see past Highland Avenue. His first spin out for the first time in 14 months um, was a couple of weeks ago in a Group 3 at Newmarket, where he came third in behind Adea and Anmat, the latter recording his first Group 1 win over at Longchamp just a few days ago. He's been dropped down to one mile and a half for this he does like to lead although some of his wins i've noticed have been when he's been held up a little so it'll be interesting to see what the tactics are here but nonetheless he should get the job done here to record his first win in a while okay uh warm vote for highland avenue how about you katie in agreement here the jolly i think this makes a good case for highland avenue but for me he is just a bit too short i'm going to take a chance on imperial fighter for andrew balding 
he has been out of form recently, but I think excuses can be made for him. The ground, he ran a solo race at Newmarket last time out. But on better ground, he has shown promise, placed in two grade three races as a juvenile and finished two lengths behind Caribus in the autumn stakes, third in the 2000 guineas as well. So if he can get back to a similar level, I think he represents plenty of value in this field. Okay, one of the outsiders for Katie, Imperial Fighter. I myself am actually going to go to the outsider of the whole field here. Uh, Marie's Diamond. I think tactically this could set up very well. Holly Doyle was absolutely mustard on the front usually at Epsom. I remember she's had some big price winners. I think there was a horse a, a couple of years ago uh, for Simon Down. She absolutely bolted up on him from making all. Oh, and I think we could get a similar situation here. It was a good run last time at York. Does have to step up. But if you go back uh, for his form when he was previously trained by Mark Johnson. He was a really good horse, um, competing in Group 3's listed races and wasn't discredited at all. I think at 20 to 1, with the yard going nicely at the moment, Roger Fell, they've been amongst the winners. They had a good winner today um, at Ripon. Two of their last three horses have won. So I don't think he's he's a complete outsider here. And for me, I think if Highland Avenue disappoints, I think it's a horse like Marie's Diamond could be hard uh, to pass so i'm gonna go with him we then move on to the feature race then on uh, saturday it's the betfred derby the 130 group one contest it's been moved forward unfortunately because of the fa cup final hope i was hoping that this race was going to be run later in the day but unfortunately it isn't but anyway um can't have it all um the betting looks like this august rodan is your favorite three to one we've then got military order at nine to two arrest would be a Fitting winner, maybe at eleven to two. Uh, passenger at six to one. Spurrell eleven to one. The Foxes at twelves. Dubai Mart at sixteens. White Birch at sixteens. Bigger are the rest. This is a really competitive renewal of the Derby. Augusto Rodan, I couldn't have him at all. I think he's probably one of the worst price favourites we've had for the Derby for a long time. Um, three to one after a really disappointing run. I, I couldn't have him at all. I, I'd honestly think he should be a double figure price. I think uh, the horses um, that will we'll go through, they've got much more appealing cases and could offer much more improvement. So for me, I'm completely against him. I think he's more likely to finish last than he is first. But uh, hey, what do I know? Um, Katie, I'll come to you here. Like I say I'm not with Augustine Rodan at all. Uh, are you in agreement? Do you want to take him on? I am going to take him on, but I don't think he's more likely to finish last than first as you do. Aidan O'Brien is a master uh, in these kind of races, and if anyone's going to get him back to his best, then surely it will be him. Um, but he's not going to be my selection. Uh, there's one that really stood out for me, and that is military order. I think he can follow in his brother Adeyaz's footsteps and win a derby of his own. Two from two this season so far. Liz touched earlier on uh, about the yard form. Charlie Appleby hasn't been having too many winners, but I think he's maybe saving his his big guns for the month of June. He's got you know Royal Ascot coming up after the Epsom meeting, so we'll possibly see a lot more Godolphin winners um, coming from the yard. I really like the look of this horse, and I like the look of the link with Derby trial. Military order and Rapiro pulled clear of the field there. I also like Rapiro each way here. I'm not sure the all-weather suited Rapiro there, so that performance could be upgraded. I think the form will work out well, so I'm really keen on that Lingfield form. So it's military order to win for me and Rapiro each way. Okay, um, a strong vote then for the Lingfield derby form with military order and with Piro. How about you though, Liz? Who did you like in the derby? 
Well, I was looking at some draw stats this week. Only two of the 12 past winners have drawn stall six or below. Um, mid to a high draw is a positive, but not too high. Draw 13 has not produced a winner since 1988, which is where Arrest finds himself in. And I quite like the chances of White Birch, but he's drawn in two and no Derby winner has ever come out of that stall. Um, Arrest was last seen beating Adelaide River into second by six and a half lengths in the Group 3 Chestervars, but it has been noted that the ground could be too quick however it is Frankie's last derby ride in his career and it would be great to see him go out on a high August Rodin the favorite of the 2000 guineas really finished 12th or 14 uh, there was a note of early interference but I do agree in that he is far too short for this um, and as I said earlier Charlie and what Katie touched on Charlie Appleby isn't having the best time so I'm a bit cold to military order on that basis only um, but there is some each way value to be had and as I said I do like White Birch despite his draw seems to have come under the radar of some and I think he'll really relish a step up to this one mile four and we all know that any of Aiden's horses could win this look at Serpentine at 25 to 1 in the 2020 derby so San Antonio could be the surprise um, but it wouldn't be a complete surprise to me. Hmm, great minds must think alike there on San Antonio I thought he was really interesting at uh, slightly bigger price, forty to one. I think he, I think people might have underestimated that win at Chester. He would definitely be my wild card slash long shot in this race. I think he's going to run a massive race, and he's uh, his damn rain goddess as well was no mug. She finished second in an Irish Oaks behind Enable and had some really good form, and she seemed to improve uh, throughout the season when she was campaigned as a three-year-old. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if he followed the same vein but my main selection in the derby is going to be passenger um i think it says a lot that they've supplemented him for this race so michael stout wouldn't normally go this route unless he thought they were ready um it's been well documented uh, about his uh, run at york uh, in the dante i thought he was really unlucky that day i've heard a couple of people says he should have been good enough uh, to get through the gaps but i thought he was a little bit Unlucky, and I think if he had a clearer passage, I think um, I think he would have got through, and he probably would have won. I reckon by about a length or so. I'm probably talking out my ass, but I do think he's got a really good chance. Uh, good draw as well, still seven. I think uh, if Kingscote can get him in a good posse, I think uh, he could leave the others for dead. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about him. I think he's going to have a good chance by Ulysses as well. So um, you would expect him to improve as he gets older. So yeah, I, I quite like his chances. So he's going to be my main selection in the race. We then move on to the 210. It's the Princess Elizabeth Stakes. It's a Group 3 contest for the Phillies and Mares. Prosper's Voyage is your favourite at 7-4. We then got a Potter Pover at 5-2. Roman Rist, Mr. at 11-2. Astral Bell at 8. Shara at 10s. And Random Harvest, your outsider at 22-1. Uh, Liz, I personally thought this could be a good opportunity for Prosper's Voyage to get her head back in the winner's enclosure. Do you agree with me? Um... I don't, but I because th I think we need to give Pop to Pover another go. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Um, <laughs> who um, has won a Group Three in the past at Sandown last August? Since then, she's just been out twice. A fourth in the Group Two Joel Stakes only being beaten two and a half quarter lengths in September, and then she came out for the first time in May a few weeks ago, going off favourite 
it's seven to four and was pulled up um, with the vet reporting an irregular heartbeat. That race being won by Roman Mist, who is also in this race. Actually, her and Roman Mist have had a few clashes last season. Roman Mist potentially always getting the better of her, but there has been an occasion where the result was reversed. Um, perhaps not one I'd necessarily take a bet in, but Poptopova could give a good account if back to her best. Okay, favourable mention then for Sir Michael Stout trained Potter Pover. Um, Katie, who, how did you see this race? Did you like the favourite? I think Prosperous Voyage is the class of the field if she's on a going day. But I just think she's a little bit unreliable and I'm going to take her on with Shara. Now, she's been exposed at this level in the past, but I'm hoping she may be able to show further progression now as a four-year-old. The soft ground maybe didn't suit her at Newmarket. I think she could come on for her first run of the season as she did last season. So at the prices, she's the value here for me at 10 to 1. Okay, uh, a favourable vote then to Shara. Um, we then have one more race we're going to look at, and it's one of my favourite races of the year. An absolute minefield. It's the 320. It's the Aston Martin Dash Handicap, the fastest five furlongs uh, we see in the uk and boy this is going to be really tricky to find the winner live in the moment is your favorite eight to one we've then got clarendon house at nines ancient times at tens silky wiki at tens seven per seven at twelves along with vintage clarence uh, alligator alley at 14s angleland 14s louis at 14s lookout louis 14s mocktail 14s and bigger are the rest seems like every horse in this race is uh 14 to one on my screen but um katie there's plenty of old favorites that we've backed over the years here in this race are we going to be sticking with one of them yeah who knows who's going to win this uh, is it the fastest five furlongs in the world you know it's going to be over in a flash uh, someone's going to win it i think i've got to stick with one of my old favorites and i'm going to go for lee who very consistent horse often just finds one or two better but usually runs a solid race he can be competitive off the mark of 84 and he's got the benefit of a high draw which i think it could be to his advantage uh, has also got experience over course and distance so i'm gonna go for lee who each way well lee who is for katie how about you liz have you got the winner for us at a nice juicy price I'm also going each way. It's a bit of a cop out, isn't it? Um, I'm going to go for two each way. Robert Cow's Angle Land is proving that she likes a sounder surface, which is what she'll get. Last seen beating home Lee Hu um, in a class three at Goodwood last week, winning by three quarters of a length. And a previous to that, a good second in a class two, also on the turf. She's got some decent form on the all weather. Um, and Mountain Peak of Ed Walker is sliding down the ratings, now on a mark of 101. And his and his last winning mark was on 102. Uh, could have needed the run last time out, but has some group experience. So each way for me for both those two: Angle Land and Mountain Peak. Okay, two there at really big prices from Liz. I'm going to go with an old favourite who's got a good record in this race, and that is Mockatil. I think this has clearly been the target. Forget about his run last time at Goodwood when he finished 9 for 10 um, on a good soft ground. I just don't think he handled the conditions, and that was just a pipe opener for this. He's been dropped a pound, and it's really interesting that Sean Byrne, that's not Sean Byrne, the jumps jockey, Sean Byrne, the Irish jockey, coming over, claiming £7, um, is coming in for this ride. 
clearly they must think he has a good chance. He finished fourth in the race last year off a mark of 87. He's now a couple of pounds lower. He won it if you go back to 2021. He's always been a really speedy horse who's got a good record here. They're going to go really hard, and that's exactly what he likes. I thought 14 to 1. He's clearly been laid out for the race, and I think he's going to run well, and hopefully he'll at least be in the extra places. So I'm going to go for Mockatiel. So that's it uh, from the races we're previewing on the podcast, the main races anyway. I'm just going to open it up to the floor. Uh, Liz, I'll come to you here first. Is there anything else you fancied away from the races that we've just covered this weekend? Uh, yes, there's two that I'd like to make a mention of. Uh, the 510 tomorrow at Epsom sees Streets of Gold v Johnson Houghton's run after a wind up. A prolific two-year-old who tried to stand in a Group 3 last time out and the first time out this season. He's won five of his six races and could go well. Uh, and the... 3.05 at Musselburgh in the listed Queen of Scots Philly Stakes. Could see Richard Tan and Heredia go one better than last time in behind Azure Bleu at Newmarket by half a length who has just won a Group 2 the Group 2 Clipper Stakes. Uh, so yeah, those two for me are Streets of Gold and Heredia. <laughs> I lost my mind for a second. <laughs> okay, I think the listeners just about got that. So yeah, a couple there from Liz. Um, how about you, Katie? Is there anything else that made your shortlist? I like one tomorrow with opening race on the card at Epsom in the Woodcock Stakes. Uh, I like a Richard Hannon two-year-old and he's got the Camden Colt in here with Ryan Moore on board. I think he's got a good chance. And then on Saturday, in the last race on the card, Mr Wagyu bidding for back-to-back wins in the handicap there. Two pounds higher than when he won last year, but he has performed well off a higher mark in the past. And I think he could put his recent disappointments behind him and bounce back to winning form. Okay, yeah, I had a couple as well. Uh, I'm going to take on Liz with Streets of Gold. I really like the favourite in that race, Holguin for Andrew Bolden. He has been well back to 11 to 8. It's really easy to see why he's got a really good chance. I thought it was a great run against Angel Blur last time at Haydock. I think he'll be suited by this slightly uh, better ground, and he's a really quick horse. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more to come from him. Uh, he's got good form with Cold Case as well as the Juvenile. Um, he's the best in here on ratings, and I think it's been a good bit of placing by Andrew Bolden. I then have one for the uh, Saturday card at Epsom. It's uh, in the handicap, the four uh, 30. I thought Kairos Chorister was really interesting for David Manuzier. They've put Ryan Moore, so that's clearly a sign of intent. I think this has probably been the plan uh, for his season. The owner loves to have winners here at the track. He won there a couple of times last season when he was rated in the mid-60s, but he won uh, by any amount in hands. Uh, he then went on to run well at the Ebor meeting, finishing second at York by Solcombe. It wasn't a bad return behind bad company at Epsom on his seasonal reappearance. He is £2 higher, but I think he will be suited by this longer trip and the backgrounds. Like I say, he's clearly been the target, and I think uh, I think he'll go very close uh, in the penultimate race. Uh, so that's it then for uh, this week's edition of the podcast. Thanks again to Katie and Liz for giving up their time. Hopefully we found you some winners this week. Remember to follow us on the socials where we're on Instagram and Twitter at In The Saddle Pod. You can also as well follow us on all the major podcast platforms. We're available on Spotify, Apple and SoundCloud. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.